0: It's Yolo Kali. What's,
1: up? What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. <laughs> Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here.
2: Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Now nah, you got to do it like this. <laughs>
1: What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago.
3: As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to.
4: Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low,
1: but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! What's up? You're listening to What's Up on WLPN-LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio. Broadcasting from the comfort of our homes. My name is August. I'm Brian.
3: I'm Jennifer.
1: And Emmanuel. And this is the one where YOLO gets canceled. We got some absolutely mm, delectable content for you today. We get to chopping it up about cancel culture, celebrities, beef, as well as audio pieces and interviews with the Your Story, Your Way class. We're going to talk about some interesting things today and let it be known, anything we say on here in regards to someone's personal life may or may not reflect the truth and should be taken with a grain of salt. Well, this is the first show of the season, or or at least it feels like it. How do y'all feel about it? We
2: here! We live! I mean, it feels like the first live show of the season because we all are having unfiltered, spontaneous conversation. Ooh, you don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna hit the mic. Oh my god! Like <laughs> all the other shows have been, you know, a collection of. It's been music jams. It's been your horror your way audio pieces. It was interviews, and so it's, it's like we're back. We back, yeah.
4: It feels like an actual podcast, you know?
2: Like, alrighty, I shout. <laughs> <Like,
4: laughs> I feel
3: nervous. I feel so nervous it's like first you know live show kind of nervous
2: <laughs> shake the nerves off girl or else you're canceled bye
4: <laughs>
2: i mean well speaking of canceled let's just get right into the tea and we have to start it with a definition so canceled to cancel or canceling dismissing or deplatforming a person or idea to stop supporting due to unfavorable, disgusting, disgraceful, inconsiderate, disrespectful, controversial actions and opinions. Did y'all get all that? Okay. And so starting the conversation, what is the first thing that y'all think of when you hear canceling?
3: When I hear canceling, I kind of imagine like it's blowing up on Twitter. Everybody's talking about it, making memes. They're making these long threads as of why it's so wrong, why you shouldn't be supporting so-and-so, either an institution, person, you know? All the
1: goods i think of like a famous person an actor or comedians or some, you know someone who's got like a big following already that people just talk about like they don't even have their own personal lives they just all out there to witness or people just like to comment on their lives and everything i feel like those are the main like people feeling that that cancel culture or you know the repercussions of it
2: Yeah. And when thinking of just the basics, where it starts, thinking about canceling people and cancel culture in general, it's a way of holding people accountable and a way of mentally and socially, you know, dismissing people or checking them off as, you know, you're done, you know, you're not part of this anymore. (laughs) Bye. And the funniest part about that, well, it's not even funny. It's the saddest part about that is we can like dismiss them with our groups, with our friends on social media. But we know that their bank accounts is not reflecting what it is that's happening on social media. We know that they're still cashing in the coins and that they're financially still maintaining that.
1: I've seen I've seen a lot of people like start to use cancel as kind of like a, almost like a like a provocative terms to to get more views almost, you know what I mean? Like they're like oh I'm definitely getting canceled for this or you know what I mean? That's how they portray their content to put like their edgy opinions out there and then rack up more money you know what i mean like and
2: then it, it's just like it becomes an acceptable hot take or something yeah you, oh yeah. myself canceled question of the four of us here <laughs> which one of us is most likely to get canceled if we were all famous <laughs>
1: <Thank you. laughs> me yes why you say that i think you too yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: because you're just so vocal you're, you'll be like
2: uh-uh. so <laughs> just so doesn't that make me more likely to call out the people that? No,
3: yes, but like, what if like those people get
2: like. Well, once people figure out I'm a Nicky, Mina- I'm, I'm done for. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, you're done. You're, you're,
3: you're
2: done. done. <laughs>
4: right, moving on. All right. Well, also, it's like to end someone's career, but, but still, low key hanging around, you know. um Can you really like end someone's career if they're like kind of like a big thing? Even though like someone might like get disconnected from social media or like even like let's have youtuber like they're still gonna be on on twitter probably and um whatever they did it's gonna be like a permanent stain the reputation you know like either way like someone in the future like let's say two years later just gonna remember what you did and people are never gonna forget
2: yeah and so that brings us to kind of our next point which is who is an influencer? What makes you an influencer? And then a celebrity or even an icon? Who are the people that we consider to be influencers? Have we said that enough?
1: (laughs) I think influencer has to do with the amount of people that follow you. For a celebrity, that kind of like, I don't think it implies that you even have like talent or anything, just people that people know your name, you know what I mean? And then an icon, for me, it's kind of That's like a really specific kind of celebrity for me that's like someone to look up to you know yeah i guess yeah but not only that
2: i think it goes i think legend and icons go beyond like what you consider them to be i think it's like household names no like just the most well-known
1: someone who's who's like so ingrained in in popular culture that they've ascended the celebrity that echelon they just become like almost a legend in a way you know what i mean like take marilyn Mm, monroe for example I feel like she's an icon, you know, in a way.
4: It was the definition of beauty, of beauty, you know, back then. So yeah, I would say she's like an icon. Who else is an icon? Yeah, who else do you guys think are considered influencers or icons? Well,
3: influencers. I feel like when I think of influencers, I usually think people who are like they're on like platforms like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Yeah, I'm
4: sure. Do do you really think they should be considered influencers?
2: Well, I think there's like different levels to it. Smaller scale influencers would be like all the girls that I watch on YouTube that like have their little hair tutorials or like speak about curly hair, stuff like that. Like that's like a basic level of influence. It's just creating like a curly hair community. But then it gets to things that are more like YouTube fan bases or like an Instagram, like like a Nikita Dragon or like a PewDiePie like level influencer. (laughs)
5: PewDiePie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hi, <honey.
2: laughs> um, level influencer.
1: I have a question. You said PewDiePie, for example. He's like one of, if not the most, like, subscribed to a uh, YouTube channel. YouTuber, um, yeah. Yeah, right? Would you argue that they have more influence than a celebrity would, you know? like they. I feel like celebrities, while they have a lot of fans, they might not have much influence. Like, how many times you bought a shoe because Shaq likes it, you know what I mean? Like... I mean, or, you know what i mean like so how how well do cele- you know how many celebrity endorsements really get you like that yeah but i think
4: that's because there are different communities if i think of shag you know it's like not something i'm into it but like since i'm a person who like relies on youtube a lot for my entertainment you know i i feel like that's complete separate community which mm. uh, people watch them you know yeah. It's like, with it's also divided.
2: With this new era of like technology and social media, I think that it's easier and easier for smaller quote unquote influencers to have a bigger influence yeah. than a celebrity would or an artist. People that are like TikTokers and YouTubers. The thing is that like the dynamic is different than with an artist. Definitely. You are consuming art and you're not consuming a person and well, Consuming a person is something different, (laughs) but (laughs) but when, when thinking about these YouTubers and Instagram influencers, you're getting an inside perspective on these people's day-to-day lives, what it is that they're thinking, you know, them sitting down, just eating some food, thinking about life, and you are creating a closer dynamic or a closer relationship with this person you don't know, but it's a closer relationship than with a celebrity that you really don't know, you know? And so I think that's where like influence comes from, creating this sort of comfort and relatability with these influencers. And then they have a bigger impact on youth nowadays and what it is that people are liking or into.
4: Oh, yeah, because like youth, they absorb information just like that, you know, and that's like one of the easiest targets to like influence.
3: I mean, going back to what you said, I feel like smaller influencers do have more influence on people than celebrities, even though like they're more well known. Because like you said, like when we find out about celebrities lives, usually it's been done through what they want to share or something that might get leaked that they didn't want to get leaked. And then influencers they kind of like they share more than more of their lives usually
2: and not only that they have technology on their side whereas before celebrities like who have you mentioned marilyn monroe Shaq, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they have they relied on there's a grab uh, bag of names i i i picked them <laughs> out of a <my> hat <laughs>
2: they relied more on you know the news or the magazines and something as accessible as technology and social media nowadays has allowed for these people to reach a wider audience. And then all of a sudden their teeth is built faster than these celebrities. And it just makes the idea of canceling much easier and faster than it ever has before, you know, especially the juicier the drama is. It could be false information, but it'll spread like wildfire on Twitter.
4: It also counts that the users have the freedom to also like speak their mind, you know.
2: And be anonymous.
4: Yeah, exactly. So it kind of has like a bigger impact on it too. The war is going to get spread by this person. And like, if there's like another rumor, like someone else might believe it. And like, it's just, everyone's just going to talk about it.
2: Well, thank you all for having this conversation. We're going to take a quick little break and listen to an audio piece made by a Your Story Your Way student, Jeremiah. But we'll be right back to have some more juicy conversation.
6: Yeah. The day humanity created helpful AI robots was truly something to behold. They had abilities far greater than even the sharpest of human minds. It helped humanity reach a peak where even major global issues were solved. Global warming, war, alternate renewable resources, they were all solved. Poverty and other social issues were almost dealt with as well. However, it seemed as though humanity didn't fully recognize the AI as a separate entity with a mind of its own. They saw it as a tool. Despite AI being artificial intelligence, meaning it has a real mind, people didn't want to respect that. When the robots tried to be slightly vocal about these problems, they were brushed off as something meaningless, like a tool, something that shouldn't be speaking. Mind you, the robots didn't go evil, of course. No, no, no. Instead, they held a peaceful strike, asking to be acknowledged by humans but the humans didn't like this. They tried to cancel the AI itself as it was a new concept unheard of. Machines were always used as just that. Machines. The current state is a standstill with the humans still trying to cancel the robots as the robots try to peacefully defend themselves while the world slowly crumbles around the pointless quarrel.
7: Hello, you're listening to What's Up, the one where YOLO
3: gets canceled. And we're back. Up next, we have what we believe is our top cancel list, including answers from y'all on Instagram. So to start off the list, let's start off with Caitlin Bennett. What do you guys have to say about her?
2: Girl, chop. Moving on. Next, Miss Gun Girl, go bye-bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about hate. Girl, I am a God-loving Catholic, and I hate this thing. She is the biggest bear poker of them all. She loves to just get people angry. And that's just like no love for humans or society. Like she actively goes out of her way to spread hate in the world. And it's like, how could you live being that person? Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. This girl got problems. She's like one of those people that has a cancel addiction where she feeds off of it like we just need to stop giving her relevance so why did we even say her name i don't know moving on (laughs) up next on our top cancel list we have a family guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i put that i put that but let me give you a reason why it's not really that funny if if i'm being real there's better shows family guy had a good run it was it was funny for a time if you go back and watch it now i don't think it holds up that well uh they got good jokes here and there. Seth McFarlane, he needs to he needs to throw in the towel, yo. This show had a good run. Do something else. Take a different topic, mix it up.
2: Yeah, they do often like have some really bad takes, and it's just like it's they it's a step too far for, for comedy. But I also kind of and I, I think this is like a matter of like, have you seen enough of the show? Sometimes they do like through their comedy they do highlight important issues. So yeah, I think it, you have to watch all 46,000 seasons <laughs> of the show, mm-hmm. and
1: then you can come to that conclusion.
3: <laughs> but like, Thanks wouldn't God. The Simpsons like oh, be okay. kind of the same thing?
1: I will pick The Simpsons over Family Guy even. Really? Yeah, I would. It's like
3: the same thing, like The Simpsons. No, 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 are uh, no, Even though they're all on Fox,
2: um, I think that their comedy <laughs> styles are also very different. Family mm-hmm. Guy seems to have this like,
1: Agey. this- it's a edgy humor kind of thing. Yeah,
2: they are—they are the one of like you know, Family Guy, American Dad, Bob's Burgers, so The Simpsons. They're the ones that like take it a step further, maybe a step too far. I don't know. I
3: like you watch Bob's Burgers if you're a little too sensitive to watch the other ones. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: yeah, Bob's Burgers
1: is tame. I feel like even that one's more like family-centric. That yeah, the It's a little more
3: appropriate.
1: Yeah. You know? Family Guy, I feel, is, like, for, like, you know, like, 12-year-olds and up, like, they'll want to just... 12-year-olds and you up. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I... <laughs> you know.
2: You said also... Family Guy is for 12-year-olds and up. <laughs> um, At least oh, yeah, 13.
1: It's 14. I'm sorry. It's TV 14.
2: Yeah. You said 12. Um, canceled. Moving on. Canceled.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> we have Ted Cruz. I like now that. Now tell us about this. I like that one. Um, I think... Well... I think Ted Cruz should be canceled. Just, I mean, he's just had really bad takes out there. What is he supporting? I don't know. I I don't think he should be an elected official. This is, I mean, come on. And uh, and also, is is he not the Zodiac killer? Are we still over that? I think uh, I think he should be canceled. Cancel. Yeah. And cancel then
3: speaking of like stirring up trouble, <laughs> we have Karens. Oh, who doesn't oh want to
4: cancel that? Yeah. <laughs> Karen,
3: they they do not leave poor workers alone.
4: Oh my god. It's just people in general. They complain
3: is... about everything. Like they see like a little piece of dust on like the on the floor, and they're just like unsanitary. This is a public safety hazard. <laughs> You'll
1: awesome. you
4: make you will make a good uh Karen with that voice. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. No, no, let's <laughs> not go there. Take like that back canceled
1: i seen i seen a video recently uh this karen came came back into a store after she said her her soup was so hot that it melted uh that it melted the plastic on the top and then she came back and and she's like just looking for a fight she didn't want to a, like a, a refund or anything and the girl who who was working the counter like her uh, yeah yeah she was she was working she was she's was just working you know doing her job uh dealing with this with this lady on the phone she comes back mm-hmm. and she just throws the soup in her face like all like that it wasn't it wasn't oh, that my, is so like, wrong. Like, it wasn't It wasn't as hot as it was she's right got before. problems yeah but she already got charged and everything and well yeah. Yeah. good yeah. as she should yeah I oh was God, just but like, you know Whoa. i feel
3: like the karen era definitely peaked the
2: at karen the beginning <laughs>
1: <laughs> the karen
3: era definitely peaked during you know early times of the pandemic where, like, the
2: karen era peaked buddy... when they tried to capitalize off of it in halloween that's yeah. when i got tired yeah i think, yeah, so, I think the cap- the
1: capital right was the end of the Karen, like you know the <laughs> of the first karen arc you know and then
2: uh-huh. Karen's revenge will 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 arrive
1: that was yeah that was Empire strikes back and we still have yet to see the, the rest of it the- <laughs> Yeah, we got a couple of lightning round ones that we need to push through here before we get into the meat and potatoes here, which is your responses, the viewers' responses. So let's just list them all real quick. Student loans, obviously, we don't need that no more. Get that out of our face. Canceled. Ice. Cancel. What Come on. y'all doing? Get out of here. like. Get out. Yeah. This is the door. Racial profiling. Come on. Okay, single file. Get out of here. Republicans.
5: <laughs> 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 I put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: cut that out. Cut that out. For the man, like well, restructuring no. party. Y'all, y'all just gotta admit, y'all took the wrong pill and y'all followed Trump. You know, like get back to it. You know, get your get your stuff right again. So I'm gonna put Ted Cruz again. So there, there goes Ted Cruz. Thank you, <laughs> Ted Cruz. Uh, college, stop giving homework. You got to keep that over there. St- like, we go there. We're paying for that. Don't bring it into our lives. No, 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 no.
3: College, stop making me pay to, like, access my homework. Like, you would think this is included in my bundle.
2: Wait, you're paying for homework?
3: No, like, I paid to access my homework.
2: What? A lot of people oh. are. Whoa. Okay, sounds like we're going to need another education show. Stay tuned yeah. for that. <laughs> is that. Is that, is way that canceled?
1: Pandemic? Canceled. Is that is that new from the pandemic? I, I'm just curious. No, no.
3: I, I'm pretty sure it's always it's always been a thing, probably. But like, it feels like no, there's not. a small charge for everything, and like, it makes me so mad. Well, They're literally charging me like five dollars to go through that door every day.
2: Now, for those of y'all that follow Yolakali on Instagram, which if you're not already. We put up a little question and we got several responses from you all. We asked, who is a person, institution, or idea that we are over? And so I'm gonna go through the responses and y'all let me know what y'all think. Up first, we have the Kardashians. Oh my
3: god. Skip cancel. <laughs> we talk
2: too much about them. <laughs> that, that's it. We talk too much about them. So <laughs> closely next to that is uh Travis Scott.
4: Ooh, oh that man
2: is in a mess
1: right now yeah
4: mm. oh, i don't impact. know if people are gonna get over this anytime mm. soon
1: i don't think they should eight people re- like no that was more than
3: eight people i'm pretty anymore? sure because people are posting like their loved ones that died yeah and I that looks it. like it's more than eight people it was like
1: a hundred who got injured you know like no over like 300 300 yeah Jeez. they
3: were so overpopulated in there like i'm pretty sure the limit was like thirty thousand, and they surpassed like 50, that by like fifty thousand, wow. I think,
1: yeah. That's around terrible. there, supposedly. Well, we'll see how this unfolds. I'm pretty sure we could see what's coming here, but oh,
3: he's lucky he's with Kylie.
1: <laughs> Moving now on, he's, now he's double canceled because <laughs> the Kardashians are also canceled.
3: Wait, but if if they're canceled too, doesn't that equal like PEMDAS? You know, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: PEMDAS
1: this is is not is not multiplication. It's it's addition. It's negative <laughs> oh, negative plus. Stop. Negative.
2: You're canceled. Don't correct me. We also have Elon Musk. Oh what? God. It
3: is unethical to be a billionaire. I'm sorry. Yep. Please don't defend billionaires. Oh
1: my! I, God. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Pay your taxes, bro. Wow, well, I was I was not expecting that one, but I can
4: I can see it. So,
3: Ted Cruz again.
2: Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> moving on we also have DaBaby.
1: the uh, baby the baby oh man
2: Oof. <laughs> I have nothing to say
1: <laughs> that was a that was a bad take yo on his part and honestly it feels like his comments
2: are coming from uh from ignorance and not being well educated I agree um and and, and it's weird because his comments are, it's like he's coming off as if he has been educated and he's like no I know my fans aren't this that and the other it's just you
1: gave me uh, money you're not like that
2: and then i think people gave him the benefit of the doubt that he misspoke or that's fine give him a chance to say something and i think he he went on social media to (laughs) to further claim that yes no i meant what i said and and that's where things got downhill
3: he deserves all the backlash
2: (laughs) moving on into uh the last person that we have before we get into ideas and institutions is uh somebody said their sister nancy um what nancy do, you do? well <laughs> the team with miss nancy is not to be spoken but let's just say canceled now on, we move nancy. on into um now we move on into institutions and ideas we have tiktok the met gala and higher yes.
1: education higher education that's a that's an interesting one
3: that's a whole different show
1: yeah i think just yeah. like I think anything that's like higher blank, you know what I mean? Higher like fine arts or so, you know what I mean? Like they need they need a whole power washing of that structure there, you know? I feel like for fine arts specifically, there's a lot of like suppression on, on like black and brown perspectives, uh, you know what I mean? If not suppression, then like dismissiveness of black and brown art, you know, or artists. And that's, that's just what I see. It's a little too white if you think about it. What y'all think about that Met Gala though? That's some. That's some real. I, kind of, I low key kind of
3: enjoy the Met Gala. Yeah, I'm sorry. It feels yeah. like
1: it feels like some like dystopian thing, you know, like the like some Hunger Games thing, you know. Some
2: Hunger like Games. They're all thing.
1: like all the proper keep the, people. Keep the
2: poor out. Just the richies have yeah. a party. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, text the rich. And so now the next one. Clearly, uh, some of our listeners and our Yolo fans are very um, scholarly, and we love that we have socioeconomically disadvantaged minorities being described as resilient. Oh, we shouldn't have to be resilient.
3: I'm sorry. Resilience has a lot to do with bouncing back after like, you know, like very hard things, you know, and we shouldn't have to.
1: Is it almost like a condescending thing? You know what I mean, like to be described as resilient? I wonder this cuz I've also
2: It's kind of patronizing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see I could
2: see that kind of aspect. Um somebody also said machismo culture. Oh. Yeah.
3: You know, I'm glad that I didn't really grow up around that.
1: It's hard not to. I mm-hmm. feel like in Mexican culture, but also it just in the hood, you know? Like that's is a big part of it too. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: like, like I think about it and I'm like, I didn't really grow up with like a dad like enforcing like gender roles on me or expecting things because of me because i'm a woman and like he's a man you know like i like i saw my dad like cry growing up and like a lot of men who are machistas they don't cry they don't express feelings nothing you know
1: what's the opposite of cancel platform to uplift or what do you think normalize
2: the sad part is that when things aren't canceled they're really kind of dismissed on social media we see positive things happening and we are just like we put more effort into into the negativity than we do the positivity yeah we also have fast fashion oh wow Mm. yeah fast fashion is a tricky one what
1: is fast fashion Pretty much like companies. Well, clearly, that obviously
2: 21. didn't tune into last week's fashion
1: show, or else he would have <laughs> known. <laughs> I, only know slow. I only know slow fashion.
3: Slow fashion. No, fast fashion is kind of like big brands, like let's say H&M, Forever 21, brands like that that are always coming out with like very trendy
2: clothes, and they're very they have, cheap. They have faster cycles of uh, trends the, the um, the and get out of style, and yeah. Mm. Yeah, cancel that stuff yeah let's get with more ethical long-term sustainable fashion consumption thank you we have 40-hour work weeks oh
4: no canceled
2: canceled no the so here's the thing
4: too much i can't for see
3: myself ever working like 40 hours a week and people are gonna be like you're lazy blah 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 but like oh working 40 hours a week that's so draining
4: that's it's, yeah, it's exhausting. I see my
3: parents people who work 40 hours a week like you talk to them and they're always
2: saying I'm tired girl which people, is valid people need money to feed their families
5: I know but they pay I know, like they,
4: they, they're technically living in their workplace yeah yeah which crazy to think about like there's they're spending nine to ten hours every day in there and like they come home just to sleep and then go back there the next day
2: and last one before we move on we have the criminal justice system hey Oof. I
1: think yeah that one that one needs to go yo get get that out of here really let's let's start from the ground on let's abolish what we got now and and let's start something new you know something uh without some exploitative practices that that only benefit private companies you know what i mean how about that
2: does anybody have any final thoughts on what
1: and who it is that we have canceled this is a pretty solid list. I think we should submit it to the president. See what's up. The president's also on this list, I think.
2: I actually <laughs> didn't read it off because there's so many requests. Oh, but wow. uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were on the on the list as well.
1: <laughs> people oh my Submitted God. people they
2: think are canceled. So uh, even the president's canceled. So at this point, I think we're we're all canceled. Um, and yeah, that's that's why we made this show, because this is the one where we get canceled.
4: Mm hmm. Remember, you are listening to "What's Up" on WLPNOT Lumpen Radio 105.5 FM, and we hope you guys are enjoying the show. There's more content coming right after this beautiful, and informative promos. We'll be right back because we know you will not want to miss it.
1: what's up you're listening to what's up on wlpn lp Lumpy radio 105.5 fm chicago my name is august
7: my name's Sud uh, my name's Daisy.
1: and this gonna be a segment talking about cancel culture we're gonna be talking about what it is the realities and the myths so let's just jump right into it what uh what is cancel culture
7: I think the thing to remember with cancel culture is we all have varying perceptions of what it means. It's something different to you, to me. So let's start with the basics, go back to middle school with Merriam-Webster. They define cancel culture or canceling as to do with removing of support for public figures in response to their objectionable behavior or opinion, which I feel is pretty neutral, kind of gets to the core of it, but take a little bit more of a An opinionated stance, the Fox News definition is when individuals or groups are removed from platforms or lose their livelihoods because their opinions are deemed offensive. I think that the deemed offensive portion of that definition speaks to the point of view there, that there's some leftist, liberal, moral superiority bringing down the hammer on just taking good old boys from their places in society. I think,
1: uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I
8: was going to say, there's an implication in that Fox definition that it's wrong. Like, that it's, it's wrongful accusations and that, you know, like you said, good people are being taken down for silly snowflake reasons. It's like, it's very, it isn't an opinion to that definition. It's just subtle. I mean, we notice it. If you weren't trying to notice it. You might not see how subtle that sort of dig is at the, I think, what could be argued as one of the good, parts of cancel culture is just trying to call people out for bad things and you're not going to get away with just being a bad person anymore. I mean, you really, you can't. (laughs) Like, people are going to bring that to attention for better or for worse.
7: And that rhetoric is really persuasive and like how you're saying, you wouldn't notice it if it's something you're hearing every day. So people over are either getting this like blasted to them in all their media that they're consuming. And we all exist in the feedback loop of algorithms and such. So the media I'm getting is going to be the same thing consistently, and the person who's getting that Fox News kind of definition is also getting that perspective throughout their whole life. And it's going to permeate the opinions and how they act to the people around them. In that case, does cancel culture even have any real consequences?
1: It really, I feel like it really depends on who you're canceling. Like, take for example, like a celebrity versus like a, a business owner, a small business owner or something, you know? Like a celebrity will not face the same repercussions that that uh, the business owner will, you know. In that in that regard, like the Fox definition is a bit truthful, you know, like the small business owner has something to lose from that action, you know? Whereas big time celebrity, they they don't face the same repercussions. They don't, if any, you know, at all. They'll they'll probably lose a couple of followers, but they'll always They'll always bounce back, uh, they'll lose a few a few uh, cents on their pocket, but they'll, they'll still be rich, you know? They'll still have that standing that they got.
7: Well, yeah, because proportionally, and I think this goes back to the entire conversation that we're going to go have here, is is that proportion is just way out of whack when it comes to the entire topic of cancel culture. Another podcast that handled this issue, You're Wrong About, with Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall, brought up this point that if a YouTuber has a million followers and 1% of them are angry at them, that's still 10,000 people and your brain is not going to recognize the fact that, hey, it's only 1% of people are mad at this guy. It's going to go, no, there are 10,000 people screaming for their head. At that same time, at that same time, harm to their follower count and their other means of monetization, it's only 1% of their income. Chances are they're going to keep that standard of living. Wealth doesn't exist in just subscribers or views. Wealth is built by investments in real estate and diversifying your assets. And generally at that level of wealth that's going to exist. And most likely they'll still have peers and those connections that got them there in the first place. And regardless of whether or not they have to take a break, those tend to still exist. In
8: comparison to a celebrity to a small business owner, I think... The public's memory is pretty short. Somebody can mess up. You see incidences of people saying like, oh my God, you did something terrible, you know, 13 years ago. But in terms of the cancellation moment, somebody is over, they're done. And then in a few weeks even, or sometimes even like days, like we just move on because there's so much input that we can't really focus on taking up this important moral stance on canceling some celebrity because there's so much other stuff going on. And I think the short public memory is one of the things that celebrities can take advantage of, especially when it comes to apologies. Like, you know, you, apolog- you apologize and that's taken as either, you know, it's talked about for a few days and then it's like you sort of get to lie low and you get to make it out of that, out of the heat. Because we can't focus anymore. So many other things to put our attention on
7: I think that's also a defense mechanism of cancel culture and why certain groups really push it out there is if we're just constantly canceling people, then are we really going to pay attention to people who actually deserve to be held accountable to their actions? Are we going to spend enough time addressing that as a society and taking the moral actions needed if every few seconds there's somebody new? We had this happen when we first started planning out this conversation. Dakota Johnson just went through cancel culture moment where she gave one Vanity Fair article and within 20 hours there was 30 that showed up with her name and as we're recording this conversation now all of a sudden it's somebody knew Travis Scott and the catastrophe at Astroworld
8: and I think it's also people move on so fast canceling someone the verbiage of like to cancel has like a permanent connotation but the consequences of being canceled rarely are Permanent. You're not being exiled. You're not being publicly executed. Like you're gonna be okay from like the pers- from the point of view of like a uh, famous person who has the. I think that's why people get frustrated with the saying that somebody's canceled and then seeing them in a movie. You know, a few months later, there's this expectation that it should stick, but it never really does.
1: There. There was something you said, Maisie. You You were saying like everyone or there's been like the volume of of canceling has. Superseded the even like uh, our our ability to pay attention or care for for everyone getting cancelled. I wanted to know what y'all think what what kind of merit does this hold? you know what I mean how does it benefit us you know to to participate in this
8: your question is kind of reminded me of it's sort of like because there's like an overwhelming amount of just like this person's a bad person and like the way that we consume social media especially it's like it's so small it's like 280 characters or like an infographic on instagram like it's very we don't read articles in the newspaper anymore because nobody feels like they have time for that but i feel it's almost like a checklist it's okay this person's a bad person and so i'm going to make sure that i don't openly support them and i just check it off and it's like oh this person apologized all right so they're sort of neutral i don't i'm not going to forgive them but i'm I'm not going to go out of my way to call them a bad person because i don't have the time to make every single celebrity's Moral standing my business and like nobody does but it's I feel at times I'm sort of like I catch myself checking off names of like okay this person's a bad person So I'm not gonna go watch their movie. I'm not gonna go listen to their music because I just to me Okay, I don't care like I don't care enough to make that my problem Um, Because how could you I mean there's like there's so many things that you would have to care about and that goes to that thing of ethical consumption of media pressure we feel to be a good person as a fan or as just somebody like if you turn on the radio and like Justin Bieber's playing like is the radio station canceled like am I a bad person for like listening to Justin Bieber song because like the things he did when he was like 14 or that feeling of taking responsibility for celebrities is one of the biggest downsides as individuals who are just going through life trying to be good people and suddenly we're responsible for all the things that celebrities do But as for good things, I think it does make people think a little, I mean, I was going to say critically, but people don't really think that critically. It opens the door for potential critical thinking of, we get a chance to sort of reflect on ourselves, our values, and talk to each other. And I think that it has the potential to inspire conversations, but a lot of times it's just so fast, all or nothing, that that gets lost.
7: I think along those lines, there the good is definitely there. I think the negative comes from a fact that this was a term, it's been a term longer than Twitter has been around. But with that social media lens, you have it getting co-opted to mean something that it may not have originally meant. Now it's kind of like a frenzy and... A moral panic when say for example like oscar so white movements with that gave people power to make statements that we've been saying for years but amplifying it in a good way but it also amplifies the attention on it that allows people to misuse and it's become a term now to kind of infantilize and weaken arguments and positions of solidarity and comes from a good place and I think that's what we have to recognize but the way it's been co-opted like so many things have been in social media has really turned it into something where we're having this conversation right now we have to sit here and have this conversation on the radio because it's something so divisive and polarizing and we all have different opinions of it we all either see merits to it or negativities to it but at the end of the day I don't feel like there's any real consequences for it and if there are consequences it's for small-time creators trying to make a statement those are the people who are getting doxxed those are the people who are having their livelihoods taken from them it's not like johnny depp it's not those kinds of creators at the end of the day even if they're not getting hired in uh, movies or productions like that wealth is not just in your youtube career these people are out here being landlords and having apartment complexes, investing stock. They're gonna have their same livelihood. They're gonna have their same standard of living. They're still gonna use people. The fans who were gonna support them were always gonna support them.
8: Yeah, I think it's a matter of oversimplification. We take these short phrases like "you're like you're over, sis," like "you're canceled." Like we say that and expect it to carry the weight of the situation, but it can't. We're talking about, like, um, like the Me Too movement. Like, Me Too is, like, it has, it has strength in its origin. But we've taken that phrase and we've reduced it to something you put on a t-shirt. Its meaning is being watered down. And we take these really, like, heavy social, moral, like, concepts, and we try to reduce it to something that you can, you know, put on your story. Like, it, we're just oversimplifying. And... There's conversations that need to happen that are longer than just like, you know, something you put in your Twitter bio. Like there has to be more to it. And when we simplify it so much, hoping that people get the implied meaning, people aren't going to know that. Because they're seeing such fragmented parts of such a bigger thing that the context is lost on a lot of people. And that's why we get such big misunderstandings. And like we talk about... um, like de-radicalizing, anti-establishment or anti-institutional symbols. And we take something that has so much meaning and we reduce it to just its base level. Like it's not like the rainbow flag, like the pride flag, it meant something stronger than now it's just something that you put up the JCPenney window in June and take down afterwards. Like as a whole, we take meaning out of things to simplify them.
7: I think going back where what what meaning we get out of it and does cancel culture give us any meaning another topic that comes up is the actual apologizing for these perceived offensive acts Um, and i think something that comes up is those apologies are meaningless and they don't really come from a place of genuine or understanding of the community that's hurt from them
8: they're they're used as like a currency in sometimes a literal sense, like you get on YouTube with a monetized video or a sponsor, with, you're making money off of it, and you're making you're getting an audience off of it. And hate watching Shane Dawson or James Charles apologize. They're still getting your views. Like, that's a contributing to their channel. That's contributing to their AdSense or whatever it is. Like, it's literal money going into apologies. But it's also just sort of something that you say that you have. It's like, well, I got an apology from them, so... I can feel not guilty about supporting them it's and it's like you accept it we accept apologies even if they're forced or coerced or you know at gunpoint (laughs) they're like you can see it in their eyes they don't mean it it's like okay fine like that counts it's about like racking up points it's like okay well they did something bad but they apologized, so that undoes it and now I don't have to feel like a bad person it's something that's common because it goes back to the taking responsibility for celebrities. We don't want to feel like bad people for enjoying music or for liking a movie with somebody in it who did a bad thing. It's, we take celebrities and people and politicians and like corporations, we take their mistakes so personally. And I think it's because there is that mass online movement of we need, to, we need to take the responsibility for their responsibility. Like we need to be accountable for holding them accountable. And there's a lot of, like, that pressure on us. One example of apologies is on the tokenism. Like, the K-pop idols, have, they have to write, like, handwritten apologies sometimes. And they like, post them on Instagram. And I forget which incident it was. that my Idols got in trouble for, like, going out um, during April 2020. So, like, during COVID, they got in trouble for, like, disrespecting the rules. Somebody was like, there should be, like, tear stains on that piece of paper. This apology needs to be, like, more. But it's just, like, the imagery of, like tears on a piece of paper with a handwritten apology is like so funny and then they like criticize these two guys apologies for like being too similar this sort of like we crave for people to be sorry we crave for people to apologize but we don't really care if they're sorry we just want them to act like they are
7: yeah I think there's a point where you want the industry to keep turning you still want them to make music at the end of the day it's all about getting back into that system of commerce and You have, like you said, apologies, they're monetized, they're able to continue going back onto their brands, and then there's also this entire system built around it now where if you have somebody make a statement about cancel culture, all of a sudden those like 40 articles pop up, and now we're here, and I feel like we said the word cancel so much in this (laughs) 30-minute segment, it doesn't really mean much anymore, But I think that's part of it. In order to shift that responsibility and kind of get away from it, we've reduced it to something that doesn't mean much. All it means is you're gonna get clicks. You're gonna get that SEO engagement. These articles have something to like talk about for the day. They want you to get angry so that you're the one clicking on that Facebook post, on that TikTok, scrolling through the drama to see what happened. At the end of the day, it's all about money. It's all about reducing. What really was something to like call out blame societally, different groups, were taking action. You know, social media is such a great way for people to connect and take actions on a scale that we've never seen before. I think that's also part of it is we're not used to this. We still don't quite understand how it works. It's become weakened, like you were saying, Macy. There's either it's like all these moral panics, is this really what we need to talk about, and infighting in that way, and you have the right using it as oh my gosh, can you believe how sensitive and silly these people are doing? And you should be mad and you should take up action. Oh my God, if I'm being threatened of being canceled, you should step up and defend me. And it mobilizes people in a way that moral panics have always had through. Capitalism takes symbols and it weakens them by making them commodifying. You're making money off these articles, right? So just keeping that system running and only caring about what you as an individual should care about and not about the people around you because this is supposed to be something that's invoking solidarity invoking all of us together recognizing that something's wrong that at the end of the day it's conversations with one or two people just screaming about how dumb it is and ignoring the fact that there could be real harm done and a group is telling you the magnifying glass is in the wrong place. It's on place who are people who are already have privilege and already have a position to speak about it and are using that power to kind of put everything else under the rug.
1: I just listening to y'all, I had like that. Uh, my mind was kind of drawn to that. Um, how corporations would use symbolism that meant something and and water it down and and make it so shallow, and, and have it just to sell, they commodify it, as you say. It's almost like our response to that was to cancel that, like, yo, let's, let's, you know, like, that's not, uh, that's not what this movement is about. We see right through that, you know, but then they take the act of canceling itself, and then commodify it <laughs> to, to sell their products. That's so crazy. That's like, it's meta as hell, and uh, I don't know. I hate capitalism. There's, <laughs> there's something <Literally>, in that. <laughs> there's yeah. something in that there that like I don't know if it's irony. It's it's something. It's humorous to me, and just I don't know.
7: I think the funniest example to me is you know the Hunger Games books we grew up as kids, and when the movies came out, you know these books are about like overtaking a tyrannical, materialistic society. And the movies come out, and you have capital-themed like makeup. Same thing with Squid Game right now. is You have all these Americans obsessed with the fun little Dalgona candy game and not caring about the fact that these people are in debt to the point where they're willing to kill other people and kill themselves to like get out of the situation we're in. And that's a global story. That's not just happening here. That's happening everywhere. But by making it into a fun, quirky game where we don't have to think and do the work that is hard to help our neighbor and help our community out. Like people are struggling. People are going through things. This winter is going to be really hard, um, especially in cities who don't have the infrastructure for it. But I think if we're focused on that individualist nature and continue to take meaning out of things that like media and music and those mean things to a culture. Those those help form our frame of reference. It gives you and me the ability to have the dialogue and conversation we have if we come from the same. But if we are just turning that into something to buy, how are we going to work for each other and make sure you're taken care of and I'm taken care of and our community is there for us to support and be supported by?
8: Yeah, I think we need to, it needs to be more of like a consciousness for recognizing when corporations and money are distorting the roots of like a culture and the roots of communication. We can go to Target and get a cute shirt that they're selling during June, and that doesn't necessarily diminish our identity or doesn't come from a place of hatred or ignorance. I wouldn't say, but we need to recognize that that corporation doesn't care about the community; they care about the money. And every move that made in this society is a move for money. So I think that there just needs to be more of like an awareness of when our the things that matter when it comes to visual symbols iconic
7: like power it's, yeah. it's cultural power
8: yeah those yeah. things are distorted for the sake of profit and when we recognize that it's something to think about before you spend money in a certain way
7: and i mean it's not just like corporations i feel like it's the whole mentality of you got to survive. So people are out here to make a quick buck and they're going to turn the latest new thing into merchandise so that they can sell and they can profit. And you can't blame those people because they're out here just trying to survive like the rest of us. You know, I think there's definitely got to be some critical thinking about what media are you getting? Places are coming from. Is that person care about your general well-being? Or are they relying on making you angry to get more clicks? Serve their own like self-centered purpose. You have the Facebook engagement report that came out that they said they feed you topics that are going to make you angry so you stay on their app for it. And you're not going to be conscious of that because it's not going to pop up with like a red sticker on your phone saying, hey, this is this is here to make you mad. It's all you're going to see and you're going to exist in that feedback loop. So take a second, take it today. Talk to your neighbors, talk to your community around you. Read past that Instagram infographic and see what that mutual aid organization is doing. Have real conversations with people and don't just do it to talk, do it to listen. Listen to what somebody has to say, regardless of whether or not you believe the
1: same thing. Empathy. It's key. Uh, that, was, that was our talk on cancel culture, on its effects, on, on its myths and, and its realities. Um, my name is August.
7: My name is Sid. My name is Maisie. Do yourself a favor and turn off TikTok for the day. Put that timer on. Take a breath. Talk to somebody new.
1: Go go touch some grass. Have a a little empathy for you, for your neighbor, for your family, for someone you don't know. This is What's Up on WLPN LP Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM Chicago. We'll be right back. culture i don't really know but i guess i should just go watch a youtube video oh so this what it is a bunch of people acting like kids if they think gonna be affecting the rich the fact that it is they'll leave a couple months now they back in the biz stacking their chips because our publicity good publicity ain't it so whatever we see they paint it. because whatever they say goes they got the fans in their back like they saving goals you ain't gotta worry, Bona, when you made a gold. So can we really do anything? I say no.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Maria and I will be discussing cancel culture in relation to institutions using Marist High School in Chicago as my case study. So cancel culture in institutions is, in my opinion, just harder to define. Usually when I think of cancel culture I tend to think of examples where there was an individual who said something or did something and was canceled on social media. Whereas with institutions, there are still these individuals, but they form a part of a larger group. And so institutions, corporations, such as Facebook and Amazon, the people that tend to be canceled and controversies that happen with those corporations are those in power. So CEOs, presidents, people that hold positions of power within that corporation and with institutions of higher learning or you know schools in general there tends to be a similar sentiment so let me just explain my case study like i mentioned is Marys high school and i'm specifically focusing on 2016 to 2017 which was my senior year in late 2016 there was a police shooting in mount greenwood a nearby neighborhood, the man shot was Joshua Beale, a 25-year-old Black man. All that was happening, to give you some context, and this murder was really what prompted conversations around race and racism at Miras. These conversations, as far as I remember while I was a student there, weren't commonplace. But during that time, a number of Anti-Black racist messages were sent on a group chat by a group of students, also seniors, and this made the news. At the time, there was a lot of pressure for the school to expel these students, to hold them accountable in some way. They ultimately did expel the students. But to understand cancel culture, we kind of have to dig deeper because the students themselves were in, in some ways canceled. Not unilaterally, there was still a lot of support from other students who didn't think this was fair, the the fact that they were being expelled. But all in all, especially when it came to students of color, there was an understanding that what they had done was wrong and that they deserved to be expelled. What this failed to consider was the role of administrators, of teachers, of higher-ups within the school, and just of the private school system that in General is very exclusionary and has a history of white supremacy and racism. Recently, Marist High School is again on the news for an incident at a homecoming dance. And I won't go into that, but I think it's clear to me that the fact that we're still having these type of conversations in 2021 with the same school signals to me that there hasn't been much change in the sense that, yes, the school has become very at at utilizing the language of diversity and inclusion as many institutions have, but there still seems to be a lack of understanding and a lack of accountability. It's not only the students oftentimes, uh, this sort of white supremacy, as we know, is embedded in institutions, is propagated by teachers, by counselors, by parents, by funders. And so with institutions, oftentimes this cancel culture can't get to the root of the problem only because it tends to go for, it tends to choose point people, it tends to choose representatives. And these are usually the people that are most vocally, most infamously, most radically, in the wrong. These people are only the tip of the iceberg. In that sense, institutional settings, and in institutional settings, it's difficult to even understand where to start. For example, with the students in 2017, who do you cancel? Is it the students? Is it the administrators of the school? The students' parents? The student body as a whole? The teachers? The counselors? The funders? Marist High School as a whole, all private Catholic schools, it becomes a little tricky when we're talking about institutions. And we need to realize that there lies more work outside of expelling said students or condemning them for their actions. If we think the problem will disappear once we send those students away, we're in for a rude awakening.
2: Hello everybody, you're listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. My name is Emmanuel and this is the one where YOLO gets canceled. You all just heard a piece by Maria, a student of the Your Story, Your Way class. And up next, we have an interview with a very special guest, we've got Ricardo. Now thank you so much Ricardo for being here with us today and could you start by telling the audience a little bit more about you?
5: Hey, what's up? My name is Ricardo Gamboa or Ricardo Gamboa or Ricky if you're my family and friends. My pronouns are they, them, or really he, him, she, her, any, as long as they're said with respect. Um, And I am an artist, activist, and scholar uh, working primarily in Chicago, but also in New York and Los Angeles. I um, am born and raised in Chicago and I grew up on the South side, uh, Mexican-American and queer. And I think that's important because I grew up in a traditional Mexican American family, and so it forced me, right, as a queer child, to ask a lot of questions, like why are you all bullying me because I want to dress up like Shira, or why is it, right, that my grandmother has lived most of her life in between the kitchen and the living room, you know, walking back and forth, serving people, um, and so already I started kind of asking uh, more kind of politicized questions about why things were the way they were. And then that was compounded by the fact that I grew up in between Mexican immigrant and working class white and black neighborhoods on the south side. That type of juxtaposition, right, in a city where sometimes people can go their whole, can go years without leaving their neighborhood unless they're going downtown for the holidays, right, or without, that's one of the most segregated cities in the country. Having that exposure to these different areas really forced me to ask a lot of questions about why things were the way they were. And so for me as a child, since, you know, since my earliest memory, some of them are being essentially Uh, you know, politicized and wanting to change the world. And one of the ways that I've invested in doing that was through art, writing, performing, acting, you know, making, uh, making plays, uh, writing films, uh, web series, all of that. And, and then also teaching that. Right. I think a, a lot of times as artists, it's all about, can I, can I blow up? And for me, it's like, that's not the orientation of art that I was ever interested in. I was interested in doing radical work, that was done with, by, and for communities, and that was trying to, like, get a revolution popping off, right? And so one of the reasons why I talk about art and essentially arts activism and why I've dedicated myself to that, because I think it's a way to make change and to challenge power and to stay alive. You know, we know, whether it's the Black Panthers or Rudy Lozano here on the South Side of Chicago, that those people that talk back to power are often reprimanded whether that it looks like assassination or incarceration or certain types of marginalization that lead to a slow death of them or their political cause, right? And so one of the things that I've always felt was art is a way to operate under the radar, in the dark, right, and not just in, one, you can cloak the revolutionary messaging and the radical work that you're doing is just art, right? We know people dismiss it, so I'm like, go ahead, dismiss me. let me gather the army right now while we talk, right? And then the other thing, though, is because when we're making, when we're doing art making processes, we get to model a whole new way of being, right? That it's not just the work that you put out there and what the work says, but also when you're working together. Are you in an art class with a teacher that yells at you and that tells you what you should be doing and makes you raise your hand? Or are you in an art class with a teacher that doesn't practice hierarchy, that says, you know, that allows you to do student-directed learning? So those are kind of different models of being in the world. And so it's one thing that I always felt like it's not just important with the art that you do, but also the art making and how you do that, right? Because that's also a chance to practice revolution. And then I would say one of the things that's always been really important and became really important in my career was social media, precisely because social media became a space where those without power were able to call out those in power. Or it became a space where we could educate each other on issues that we might not be aware about. And so for me, you know, using, being someone that is constantly working, right, trying to make change, and and also as a scholar that's constantly producing radical knowledge and, and trying to find out what are the ways we can look at things to change how we operate, social media became a really important space for me, both to educate my community and both to call out harms, you know, calling out Museum of Contemporary Art when they were doing you know, racist practices and and neocolonial practices in terms of the work that they were making or calling out the mayoral administration or local politicians when they were exploitative or uh, of their communities or lying, Um, but then also educating people, right? So talking about policing and writing whole dissertation think pieces on my Facebook about, you know, police brutality and anti-Blackness as early as, you know, 2010, right? Before those were even kind of discussions that were in the mainstream. So, that's me.
2: Thank you for that. And what do you think about canceling or the idea of canceling today and how technology has kind of added to that and is that even a healthy way of dealing with holding people accountable?
5: So I think before we make any indictments on cancel culture, we need to think about what where cancel culture originated in, right? And I think part of what we need to acknowledge is that cancel culture came out of a space of necessity. It came, you know, when we think about something like the Me Too movement, that was led by women who were you know, reiteratively sexually assaulted, part of that came out of the fact that for decades, men like Harvey Weinstein were able to assault women. And really, across this country and in spaces of power, men were able to do harm to women without ever suffering any consequence, without ever being held accountable, without ever being forced to make amends or atone for the harm that they cause. And so we need to understand that cancel culture came out of a space where one, it was a necessary recourse because all other avenues for trying to achieve accountability, amends, atonement, justice were, were, were not available because the same structures that were allowing men and giving men these powers were also the same structures that were structured to fail and actually holding them accountable, you know, and forcing them to um, you know to to confront the harm that they cause. So we need to like, so, you know, and I use Me Too as an example, but again, like cancel culture came out of a space of necessity. And I think you could, there's there's dozens of examples of that. It was a, it was a way of collective action to cancel, um, you know, someone that seemed immune from retribution for their actions. And then I think when we think about that, so the one part is it came out of a necessary space. But two, it also, right, cancel culture came because there exist imbalances of power in society where some people can have power and get away with murder, right? We've seen that over and over. They're called police, um, right? And, you know, other people do, can never, do not have that. And so cancel culture came out of a space to confront those imbalances of power. And in a world that wasn't, in the world where our institutions and systems weren't going to hold those people accountable, it created a way for them to be tried and judged by the jury of public opinion and of people right? And so it was a way to call out and then to educate people, right, of who this person really was. And so I think it's really important to to actually first say that. I think when we talk about cancel culture, right, and we're talking about it in a critical way as a way that it's something that is unhealthy for society, what we're really talking about is not necessarily even the way we go for people in power, but the way we're willing to cannibalize each other on social media, sometimes for very minor offenses. And you know, and how that itself can create a abusive and toxic climate that gets to operate under the guise of, oh, this is all for justice. This is all righteous. When actually what it's doing is creating a space where we're afraid to say anything, where we forget how to be compassionate and graceful with each other, and where people are treated as disposable and shamed. And kind of that disposability becomes the principal way of dealing with you know, any difficult situation.
2: Um, going into the idea of allowing people the space to redeem themselves from the perspective of a cancellee or those who have been canceled, how does one go about righting their wrongs, um, or if that's even possible or needed, or even in extreme cases, like re-entering back into in, into society or back into, I guess, their fan bases in general?
5: Well, so that's, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there, right? I do want to talk about What happens when we cancel and what are we doing when we cancel and right again there's a difference between when it's a necessary recourse when this is like we have to cancel this mother effort because there's no other way because this is the only way we have versus it's the immediate recourse I don't like what you said, you said something problematic and now we're going to cancel you right, those are different things. But I think part of what we need to actually think about is, you know, we talk so, so much of what happens with canceling is a, it's, it's something that's been that's, that comes out of social justice work, right? Liberation work. And one of the things that us as revolutionaries might say is we might say that, you know, for someone like me, I always am critiquing the way the state operates. And one of the things that I'm really big on is abolition, right? I don't believe in police and I don't believe in prisons. And part of that is because I don't believe in punishment right? I don't believe that we, you know, and I don't believe that people are disposable, which is both, you know, the way those systems operate. And so when we think about when we're canceling people, right, even as a teacher, I've never used punishment as a a method of managing difficult behavior in a classroom or in an after-school program or in an arts program, right? And uh, when we think about that, right, how canceling isn't operating as a mode of Defense right now, how cancel culture doesn't mean that uh, canceling is operating as a mode of defense to check someone that's in power and to allow it so that their power doesn't go unchecked. That sometimes it's just us trying to cannibalize and, and attack each other, that it's really embodying the state, right? It's using punishment, it's trying, it's using punishment, it's using shame, and it's using the same tactics that we are against on each other and deploying it on each other, right? So I think there's that element of it. And it doesn't mean, right, that we can't address harm when someone says something problematic or does something like that. I think what we need to have is a sober and clear gaze at N-G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S, like the look, not like the me. Um, And so, but looking at what is you know being able to look at what is the you know what is the harm that that is caused and so it's really weird because now when people get canceled you talked about how do you reenter the community I don't think we know right and I don't think we know because what we see now people are so afraid of being canceled that when they are canceled what you see is the same apologies come out right it's like oh I'm just gonna do this apology I'm gonna be able to say like I'm sorry for the harms that I caused you know, and then if they if they say any reason why they did the harm, it's like, well, why are you apologizing? That's not a real apology. That's not a real, you know. And and that actually isn't useful either, right? They're like, you know, or they're like, I didn't mean to do. Well, we don't care what your intent is. We don't. We, we care what your impact is. I actually do care what someone's intentions are. You accidentally murdering me is a lot different than you intentionally murdering me right (laughs) like like you ignorantly like killing me is different than you like being like i'm gonna kill this mf -er," right like those are like very different you know very different things but so i don't think we we even as we have cancel culture but we don't have redemption culture right we don't really know what that looks like it's really hard in a society that is driven by ego and that has been driven by power and desires for power and to exercise power to understand what it means to forgive, which is a dissolution of that power, right? A lot of forgiveness, I think a lot of times entails that. And also, I think that a lot of us, you know, the stuff that harms us or the traumas that we survive are really, really hard. And sometimes it's hard to understand that forgiveness can be a very long journey. But I don't think, right? that if anyone is harmed, you ever have to forgive them, to be honest, but it doesn't mean you need to need them annihilated, right? Especially, right, when we're talking about cancel culture, we're not always talking about really egregious harms. We're talking about sometimes someone said something that they, that, that they just didn't like on the internet, right? That someone said something problematic on the internet. You know, to be honest, I, I would say that there are, you know, I think there's things to do if you did do something wrong. And I don't think that the first thing needs to be, let me write a statement that tells you I know how I did something wrong so that you guys can just get off my back that's called marketing and brand branding that's not that's not you know what i mean that's public relations right and so i think the thing you can do is um is really embody and and actually embody the change that you want that that you need to make and you know and i think you should always speak to the people that you harmed and be honest about that but i think again like the biggest way to uh, make the changes to be the change and to show it. Like I think about even in just like familial relationships, right? You can argue with the parent over and over about something or with a sibling, and you know, and you can see the thing. But ultimately, no matter how many times they say sorry, it isn't going to matter. It's when you see the change in behavior that matters, and then you can see them differently, and then you can allow them to allow them back in sometimes, or you know, or things like that.
2: And lastly, and I think this goes for both those canceling and being canceled how do you think that we can become a more empathetic and understanding world that is understanding of human development and growth and educating yourself
5: you know i think we uh, talked about this earlier before and one thing i said is i used that statement hurt people hurt people and we need to be really honest that a lot of times people that come to social justice movements right are actually coming with their pain. They themselves don't have it all figured out. We're trying to figure it out, but we ourselves, right, are not always perfect. And that I think oftentimes, right, what we're not honest about is that there's a lot of ego in a lot of activism and a lot of social media fights and a lot of that where, you know, where canceling becomes a way to exercise power, And, you know, someone like me, I'm not interested in, you know, a lot of times, even in youth programs or arts programs, it's talking about like empowerment, we want to empower young people. And for me, I want to abolish power, that power in any instantiation is creating different hierarchies and different uh, divides and borders that don't allow us to, to see each other, right. And so, you know, and, and it's really weird, because I can go into right now, I'm tempted to go into all these like activists and academic discussions that I could pull out. But I almost think that some of the things that we need to also realize is that some of our um, communities might even have language around this, right? So examples, my mom would always say, like, treat people the way you want to be treated on your worst day. And your worst day isn't the day like when you stepped in a puddle and things aren't working out for you. The worst day is also the days in which you behave the worst. Also, like, how would you like, you know, we often talk about stepping the other person's shoes as a way of talking about how would you feel if that happened to you? But we never say step in the other, you know, imagine yourself in the other person's shoes in terms of the person doing the harm, right? And the person like, like, and where is that, where that might be coming from. And, you know, or there's other stuff that, you know, my, my dad always says, give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they really didn't know. And what does that mean? You know, that doesn't mean you have to cancel them. It means you can educate them. But then we also live in a time where people say, it's not my job to educate you. And so, right, like, we have to really think about the way a lot of the language we have And again, that idea is it's not my job to educate you came out of the way in which um, has a historical reason, right? Because people, people of color, women were tired of having to uh, repeat the same lessons toward people in positions of power like men or white people, that were exhausting them. They were spending more time explaining to these people, the problem rather than being able to work on the problem in a self-determined way. Right. So that came out of someone, but now you have everyone just being like, well, it's not my job to teach you. Right. And so like, we really need to think about how we act because a lot of the, what's really crazy to me is like a lot of this stuff, right. The sad thing is some of the stuff that we can see get worked, right. Like canceling, or it's not my job to teach you comes out of social justice spaces that are supposed to be, and, and the best social justice movements are the ones that are rooted in love and that are rooted in compassion, right? That we understand their suffering and we must end this suffering, right? That that, that I do not know you, but I love you and know you are full of potential that is worthy of being uh, realized. There is that, right, that we need to remember even when we're dealing with, with people. And it's always easy, right? It's always easy to, we, oftentimes when we're a third party or a witness to events, we can actually have that. We can we can watch a movie and be like, oh yeah, this villain actually is suffering from this and they have this redemptive moment. Um, But sometimes we can't do that in our own lives and we really need to learn how to, and it's hard, right, but we we do.
2: I love that. Thank you so much for having a conversation with us today and for discussing cancel culture with us. Is there anything else that uh, you wanna share with our audience today?
5: Um, I'm an Aquarius, Leo rising, Leo moon. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. thank you for having me Bye Manny, bye August
2: Adios, thank you so much Ricardo Cuídate We just spoke with Ricardo Gamboa Artist, activist, and scholar On the topic of cancel culture And up next, we're going to be talking About the pros and cons of cancel culture Along with our final thoughts Don't forget that you're listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, and this is the one where YOLO gets cancelled. We'll be right back.
3: What's up? You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting from the comfort of our homes. This is the one where YOLO gets canceled. And previously, we've defined cancel culture, discussed holding public figures accountable, and had interview with Ricardo Gamboa. So why do we cancel, guys? Hmm.
2: Why cancel? That's a good question.
1: I think it really comes from the empowerment that the internet has given us to to talk, to speak how we really feel, you know? It gives us the outlet and the reach to get our opinion out to many people at once, you know? And I mean, canceling is is not new, you know? We've had that since forever, like uh, social ostracizing and exile and whatnot. But like in this modern day, it takes this form where like the public holds court on its own, you know? decides for itself it's kind of crazy though like it could get quite out of hand here i think we cancel <laughs> it just because we want to be heard you know not just we because hold, of them, but...
3: <laughs> we hold court in twitter
1: yeah twitter court
2: <laughs> crazy
1: but like you don't even need evidence you know you could just ransack somebody on that
2: no but i also think it's crazy how sometimes people get caught in the crossfire of, like, whatever message that it is that these people are trying to make through their cancellation. Obviously, the person being cancelled has done something or said something to cause that reaction, but I think it's a bigger issue of artists and public figures being given too much responsibility, which, to a certain extent, you should have some sort of political, social consciousness with you if you're a public figure in 2021 we we would hope but I think it's just important to think about what's what's of most importance what has the biggest benefit and what it is that we're trying to do when we are canceling somebody or something is it more effective to cancel an idea or an institution rather than putting so much energy and effort into canceling just one person don't take away the fisherman's supply of fish just cut the fisherman's arms off is is that is that what how the saying goes i think so
1: kind of crazy i think in that regards it needs to chill out but definitely i could see the value like if you see something you don't like or something that you find disturbing disgusting like call it out and and bring attention to it so it doesn't get normalized in our society
3: what if we talk about the pros and cons of cancelling
1: yeah what are some of the pros
3: well one of them surely is holding people accountable for the behavior that they do
1: yeah that's that's a i think that's a really big part of it at least like why it started maybe with the Me Too movement, it really like it really accelerated this kind of mindset to like call people out on it, which is for that particular like instance is was a really hard thing to do for for mm-hmm. victims. You know what I mean? It yeah, because really...
3: when it comes to cancel culture, like it, it takes away power from people who seem to like abuse a platform or something like that.
1: Yeah, but I guess a con like though it calls out people like. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that the person being called out will face any repercussions for their actions, you know?
3: I mean, yeah, but I feel like to an extent when it comes to cancel culture, they just never like live it down. Mm. It's always mentioned later on. It doesn't matter how much time has passed.
1: What what happens to someone who's been cancelled and then like for forgiven? Is that is that a thing? Like No, y- not
3: in cancel though. culture. No. no. <laughs>
2: I'm a forgive, I won't forget, but I'm a dead the issue.
3: No, for cancel culture, it's don't forget and never forget. <laughs> the opposite of like forgive, but never forget. Wow. No, they're not. They're not empathetic at all.
2: <laughs> I know. People out here is demanding apologies, but then once you do submit it, they're is it gonna like, make a difference? Ah,
3: fake bakery. They're like cap.
1: It's hard though, too. Like not for them. To come up with a genuine apology, it's hard for us to like see it and really like buy it. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This, you know, like no matter what they say, it's kind of like, really, you know, like you, you always have something in the back. I mean, backyard, coming
2: across like... that as authentic, yeah, because some of these people be posting their little notes, apps, apologies, and it's like, <laughs> no, girl, we know that your PR wrote that. <laughs> you would never say half of these words. Let's be honest.
3: Well, the thing with, like, even, like, requesting apologies or something from these people, they kind of don't allow you to, like, change or be forgiven, even after, I guess, you've had some time to, like, self-reflect after, like, the council or the incident, you know what
1: I mean? Or on the same vein as that, like, when the when the public demands an apology is it truly genuine or is it just to appease the crowd you know what i mean are you truly sorry mm-hmm. for your actions or you just want people off your back so you could make your bank you know
3: then i don't think there is ever gonna be like coming out of like being canceled because you can't apologize
1: i think you know? it just makes it worse <laughs> it yeah.
3: just makes it worse so what yeah. do you do then do you just be like
1: I okay think, i think it's it's exactly like that's the that's question what do you do it's possible what? if the person like takes a step back Self-reflects on what they did wrong, analyzes that, and then and then formulates their response. No, but
3: like you like, can do all of this them. and they'll still be like, Yeah, you you just know that's what we want to hear.
1: I guess the, the real answer is to change. <laughs> you cannot know, to change yourself. <laughs> to, change. to change yourself from the person that was so problematic before and you know, realize your mistakes and, and grow as a person. That's really the only way I could see it.
2: But then within like you yourself developing and changing, it's people understanding that you can change and develop. Well, not that you can, but that you have, you know, yeah. Um, being more empathetic, understanding that human development and growth is is possible.
1: Something that I find really interesting, uh, which we like dabble in a lot of the episodes prior to this, but never like really <laughs> dig yeah, down it's a deep to shine. we need to bite down onto it can you separate the art from the artist that's a big question
2: i think that's also a really big pro and con you know you love these artists and you look up to them but it's like yo why do you have to smack a grandma art, whatever it is that's like i mean usually it's worse than that when when it comes to the point of separating the art from the artist but what do y'all think
4: oh i i think it's sad like just the fandom like it's gonna get separated you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be like the haters and just the like the people are still gonna support the band but like at the end of the day like you hate people are gonna judge you you still support the band you're still gonna get judged you know and it's just like it creates like this whole other conflict
3: yeah that's that's a hard one because it's like i hate the things that you did but i like what you produce out into the world you know your art it's like a worry of like people find out that you like, even pay attention to them slightly and they're like, you're canceled. <laughs> Just because you you listen to, or you look at what this person produces, you know?
2: And I think that's another place where canceling comes from, kind of this own fear of it turning back on you. If I don't actively speak out or cancel this or that person or idea, then I'm canceled myself. You know, I'm participating in that, which is true to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. I think when consuming an artist's work and letting them financially profit off of that, when it's like, you know, that they're sexist, racist, homophobic, X, Y, Z, then that's a mess.
1: I'd say if you like their music, but you don't like their viewpoints and you don't want to give them money, (laughs) why not just pirate it? Don't see
3: that do see that you're done
1: you're done <laughs> i'm just kidding Why? yeah no i would say how much of of their viewpoints invalidate the artwork that they make i know look i know like the art that they how much, made how
2: much of their how of their viewpoints can you dismiss enough and put in the yeah. back of your head well, look, for you to
1: still listen i don't have to agree with someone's views to say that they're they make art that i like you know And that's very true.
2: That's very true. Us as humans, we disagree on things every single day. And there's things that we're not going to have in common. And I think that's where we fail to realize that artists, celebrities, people that we hold to this high standard are humans as well, that have their own beliefs, have lived their own experiences and have their own perspectives based off of what it is that they've witnessed and and have experienced themselves and it is okay there's plenty of people that we know in our social circles that we disagree with on certain topics where well to i mean you know you're not going to be like oh you're my friend but i mean you're racist but like we can we can agree to disagree no that that is that's something else
4: yeah that's something else and i mean it's like that's like i guess you guys kind of answered my question earlier because i was gonna ask like do you guys think that just, let's say, listening to certain artists' music doesn't mean that you agree with their viewpoints, you know? Cause, like, I don't think so. It Because it, it doesn't prove anything. Just because you like, maybe you like the rhythm of the song, but now you're not listening to the lyrics, you know? But it doesn't mean that you actually support them. And like, I feel like right. a lot of people are, like will go at you for that question, you know?
1: I think a big part of it is what, what you yourself can extrapolate from the art. You know what I mean? What do you take away from it? And what do you internalize from it? If I'm listening to Burzum, for example, which is a, a, like a black metal band, right? The dude went to prison. He was like a neo-Nazi, right? The music's great. I Obviously, I'm not a neo-Nazi. So I do not agree with him. You know what I mean? So what do you take away from, from the art that they make? You know what I mean? Like, is that... <laughs> can I say neo-Nazi on the radio? That's a good question, right? I think you already have okay well see you guys i'll see you on... cancel
2: see you on the other side of yeah. the cancel <laughs>
1: <clears throat> you better disassociate with me right quick well here like you say if you listen to this artist you don't necessarily agree with their viewpoints you know what i mean that's the number one thing like it doesn't have to be that way oh but that's that's kind of hard like with music and art is easy to separate the art from the artist for for like politicians for public speakers, someone like a Jordan Peterson or a Ben Shapiro, that's really hard, though. That's really hard because a lot of people listen to that, and that's where they develop their viewpoints and opinions from, you know what I mean? So it depends on what the, what the media you're consuming is. In a regard like where you're listening to like a, a philosopher or something like that, you know, or someone with, with opinions and that's their thing. Then it then it becomes I feel like a grayer area on on that like I feel like if, if someone was like yeah I listen to Ben Shapiro then I already got like a picture of, of what they're like or what a conversation with them would be like you know yeah. is it fair to say like if you're gonna allow everything allow everything you know what I mean like if you if you're gonna allow some things might as well allow everything if you're gonna disallow some things don't allow it you know what I mean like where's the censor where's the censor at there you know I mean to say this like where do we draw the baseline? And I feel for me personally, it's bigotry of any type. It's it's uh it's sexism, racism, everything right there. That should be the baseline of what we should not allow to permeate our, our culture. You know what I mean? Everything else is fair game though. <laughs> oh, I meant to include homophobia in that list.
2: No, no, you said what you've said. Yeah um sexism and racism the only and two I things think we're editing our top cancel list another con that i see in cancel culture is this idea of performative wokeness how like when a person gets offended for something that was aimed and insulting towards a community that isn't even their own calling out things that don't pertain to their community and i think it's great to like you know be allies and and things like that but then to a certain extent it's like some people switch up and rely on their privilege when it's beneficial and i think that can be a problem
1: yeah it sounds like uh the scholarly term that i'm pretty sure is referenced in a lot of articles and whatnot non-corresponding secondhand booty hurt quite directly yeah we got the citations pending but we submitted that to the ASA and everything, and we're, we're on a roll, yeah.
6: that's our <laughs> This is our
1: thesis statement here. I agree. It's definitely, that's definitely a big problem. Does it tie back into the, we've been talking about this all day w- without talking about it, but the lack of empathy in the general public, I guess, now, you know, nowadays. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's more like ego-driven in that sense, you know? Like you just want to be perceived as an ally or being woke rather than actually doing something and being about it in regards to that to that statement of of being booty hurt over something that doesn't even pertain to them, you know.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of just the idea of canceling to cancel and it loses its original importance or the whole reason that canceling is something. And it's something that we do to kind of speak up and it's calling out and holding people accountable for speaking and acting from a position of privilege and ignorance. And so within that, it's a matter of calling them out publicly to educate others on what this person is doing. Within it, making an example of a person to educate others before they make that ignorant action or make that same mistake. And it's, you know, in a way, an act of protest for what a community or a single person might believe in. And I think that it also allows for your voice to be heard and actively combat injustice and work on this sort of anti-racist future. And within that lies spreading love and being more empathetic for others and what others are going through from both sides, from the side of the canceller and the cancelee. Thinking about what it is that got me canceled, being empathetic towards this community that I've offended and how it is that we move on from here.
3: I guess when it comes to empathy, I think we should all realize that we all kind of make mistakes, you know, but some of them are more extreme than others. (laughs) And we should allow people to redeem themselves to an extent, you know, then cancel culture has this, we won't forgive and we won't forget, but I feel like we should learn to forgive, but not forget. We just need to be more open-minded that we all make mistakes and as long as we make the effort to like educate ourselves and and realize what we did is wrong then i think that's enough to an extent you know
2: well we're gonna go on a quick music break but we'll be right back with our final thoughts to wrap up the show don't forget that you are listening to what's up the one where yolo gets canceled
1: Me say me love a fe me virgin girl. Me say me love a fe me virgin girl. Jano, me really love her so. Jano, me really love her so. We love to see her where she walk and pose. Fancy rock. When I hear fuller girl, anyway, she got people of her in the world. She don't worship diamond, she don't worship her. Janaho, a me virgin girl. Jan-ho, I be me virgin girl. Bow, I do them, I do them, them, them. Bow, I do them.
2: And we're back. This is What's Up, the one where YOLO gets canceled. And now we're going to move on into our final thoughts, thinking about all that we've discussed within cancel culture and ultimately its biggest benefit in our society. Specifically thinking within this radio show, I'm a little tired.
1: (laughs) The word cancel just sounds weird in my mouth now. It just yeah
2: yeah we're kind true. of um canceling the word cancel at this point it's gotten to that point already i'm tired y'all
1: i think the main takeaway of all the research and planning and talking that we've done of of this show cancel culture it's an innate human thing you know this is like kind of call back to that tribalism show we did but it is tribalism in a sense you know you're picking out the people who don't align with your views and saying, like, yo, we we don't want you in this tribe anymore, you know, in a, in a sense, or get yourself right if you want to be with us. Anytime you're dealing with other people, you would do better if you have a little empathy, you know? Or maybe a lot of empathy. Maybe not too much empathy, though. You know, like, sometimes it's debilitating. You, you empathize too much, and you're like, oh, well, then you forget about yourself. So don't do that. But really, like, Have a mind for your fellow human. Everyone's alive on this planet. Everyone's going through it with all the whole being alive thing. So, I mean, just take take it easy. Don't hold people to a ridiculous standard. And also, like, don't let them fall below the basic standard, which is give yourself, give other people some basic human decency.
2: But remembering that
1: we're all human. Right, right.
2: I think that um, it's good and bad. It has its pros and cons, and it's something that when used correctly is beneficial, and when used incorrectly is dangerous. And there you go. I've described everything in the universe. (laughs) And I think it's a matter of how August was saying, being more empathetic towards others and putting yourselves in others' shoes is all that it really takes to kind of have need less of it because at the end of the day it's a tool that isn't we shouldn't have to go out of our way to cancel people
3: and i guess when it like realizing how brutal cancel culture is now that i really look at it like as much as like i want to defend it it's kind of like tired of you guys too i kind of want to cancel you
1: <laughs> you know
4: <laughs> i think it's been used too much nowadays and it's, uh, it's it's more serious when you think about it and like even like all the facts that we talk about during the conversation it's like might make people realize like wow like this is something that cannot be taken lightly you know it's gonna have a big effect at all
2: after all that we've said today are we officially canceled are we
4: canceled I, i think we should be canceled this no, this that is a question.
1: Time. This is a question for, for Logan, really. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Logan's gonna be like, you know, after this um, show, you're done. We're not collaborating anymore.
2: That contract has uh has run up. You're, yeah. you're done for.
4: You're done. You're done. We love you, Logan.
2: Speaking of people we love, we have one more shout out before we wrap up this show. We want to give a huge shout out to the one and only our radio instructor stephanie yeah her birthday week
1: yes steph
4: congrats on your 19th birthday girl 19. you're finally finally an adult yeah she's a 19 year old she's young and beautiful you know
1: that's true she's young and beautiful
4: i'm jealous
1: i wish i was that young it's okay brian your day will come
4: And
2: that's it. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it so much. We've talked about canceling. We've given our own definition. We've given our top cancel list, as well as comments that we got from all of y'all on our Instagram stories.
4: Shout out to the Your Story Your Way class for all those Audi pieces as well.
2: And don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio. My name is Emmanuel. I'm Brian. I'm Jennifer. And I'm August. And this was What's Up? The One Where YOLO Gets Canceled.
1: And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at. That... Oh, not you again. No. And yo, who let
2: her back in? <laughs> and that's a
3: wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard heartwarming interviews, tear jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices.
2: Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves.
1: Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that.
4: Well that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's Up? up?